Welcome to the Adventure Geeks Presents Think Tank, where we continue to bring the imagination of our fiction into reality through nature. However, in these episodes, we dive a bit deeper than that. We dive into the psychology that influenced our favorite fictional characters and places. So we will be going beyond the surface level of our favorite fictional worlds and will include anything from deeper analyses of books, comics, video games, and we will do occasional character studies where we go into the influences of certain fictional characters like Batman or Superman and we'll dive into how they really tick and how they work and how superheroes are not much more than what we really are. So strap in and welcome to the Think Tank. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Think Tank. Eric here bringing you another episode. Hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving and a not-too-crazy and safe Black Friday. Hope everybody got what they set out to buy and hope everybody got along with their relatives. Um, So to start things off, I want to thank you guys for returning. If you're a return listener, thank you for coming back and welcome. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome. I'm glad that you are listening. So to briefly break down how we do these episodes, so it's similar to our main Adventure Geeks episodes, except I dive into one topic through the entire episode, and we go below the surface level because our main episodes kind of focus on the... Uh, the basic premises and we focus on debates and and what if scenarios on these we dive into specifics for given topics and this week we are doing uh image comic saga by brian k vaughn and fiona staples it came out back in 2012 but i just picked it up recently and have been reading the the compendium that came out which is issues 1 through 54 so and apologize i apologize again guys i'm still feeling a little under the weather so if it's not as fluid as it usually is i that is why um that's kind of also why i am releasing this on saturday instead of friday but uh saga is by again writer brian k vaughn and artist Fiona Staples came out in March 14th, 2012, and is a huge comic. Huge, 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 huge. It has won 12 Eisner Awards, and for those of you who don't know what that is, it's basically the Oscars for comic books. Won 17 Harvey Awards and one Hugo Award. Well, <coughs> you may be asking, well, what is it about? What is the big fuss? Well, on a surface level... I kind of describe it as 
a Romeo and Juliet meets Star Wars and Game of Thrones. The creator, Brian K. Vaughn, kind of... Uh, what's, the, what's the best word to put in it? He made a space opera that has fantasy elements and obviously the Starcross lover uh, experience. However, for me, it doesn't feel like he's ripping off Star Wars and Game of Thrones. It's something completely new, completely uncensored. By the way, it's a very mature comic. Like, It's got gore, language, and actually nudity. So um, not recommended for kids. But it's, it is a phenomenal work. I haven't finished all 54 yet. I think I stopped at 32 and will continue after this episode. But uh, the basic premise of it, or a very surface, well, very surface level, it's, it follows two species on opposite sides of a war trying to raise a baby. And even the writer described it to himself as if it were him raising his own kid but in a science fiction fantasy universe because he he wanted it to be a little more interesting so it's for him it's it's both a personal level and a in a fantasy sci-fi level because he also said that the world that he wrote saga in or the universe i should say that he wrote it in has been kind of brewing in his mind ever since he was a kid um so Main characters are Marco and Elena, Alana or Alana, Alana, and their daughter Hazel as they struggle to find a safe place in the universe to raise her. Um, as the story progresses, they are pursued by members of both of their homeworlds, dangerous mercenaries, uh, Marco's ex-girlfriend Gwen, uh, sorry, ex-fiance Gwendolyn, and a race of aristocratic robots with TVs for heads. Now... Um, to explain what's going on here, the, uh, the situation is Marco is a foot soldier from the moon wreath and his species are humanoids, but they kind of have, well, they kind of, they do, they have horns on their heads. So they're kind of almost like ram people a little bit and they can use a form of magic and, through his bloodshed and everything, he has become a pacifist, so it's interesting how he develops throughout the story because at the start, he is a pacifist. He doesn't like shedding blood. <coughs> and it's also important to note, too, that unlike Alana's homeworld, um, Wreath is kind of an environmentalist society so they really take care they're one with nature they're they take care of their planet and what so on and so forth um so there's it's almost like polar opposites in a lot of what he's doing with this this story and then we have alana his his wife who is i'm gonna put it down here and this is gonna say a lot considering emily blunt's character in a quiet place was pretty badass but Alana, hands down, is one of the most badass female characters I have ever seen. She is a... She was a foot soldier from the planet Landfall, which is the planet that Wreath is a moon to. So, Wreath revolves around Landfall. And her race, the Landfallians, are humanoid but with wings on their backs. So, Marco has horns she has wings now um 
so it's basically a wings versus uh, horns war um, that stem a lot f- of real world problems today, like racism and <coughs> battle for ec- economic power and foreign policy, stuff like that. And Landfall is run by this matriarch ruling... Uh, they, they're ruled by a matriarch from another species known as the Robot Kingdom. So it's those humanoid robots that I talked about earlier that have TVs for heads. And they have, like, very basic uh, names, like Prince Robot the Fourth is one of the, the main characters. And because... Their baby Hazel is, uh, I'm talking Alana and Marco, since their baby is a hybrid, everybody is hunting them because they don't want word to get out that it is possible for the two species to coexist, so that has kind of been littered throughout our entire history as well. But what makes this succeed so well is every single character in this comic has it their flaws and no nobody's like a perfect superhero type deal there's no superhero type things happening here everybody has a flaw and that's why every character is kind of really likable like even like the most evil characters in here like the robot kingdom each each of them has like an underlying issue that they're trying to to battle and is part of the reason for their behavior like <clears throat> there's um a robot denko who ends up rebelling against the prince and kidnaps his kid because he was <coughs> he is um a janitor and he his family was dealing dealing with poverty and his baby ended up dying because of uh a very basic infection that he the robot kingdom wouldn't take care of for him so his baby it was it was diarrhea i'm pretty sure the his kid died of dire like some sort of diuretic virus and he ended up kidnapping the robot prince's kid because he wanted light to be shed on how much of a a problem that is for his son to die from such an embarrassing disease that could have been fixed and cured but the robot kingdom didn't really give a shit and then you have like another set of people called the freelancers which are kind of like they don't belong to either side but they're they're hired to take out certain targets so they're basically bounty hunters and you have what originally was some like very stern very blank faced guy named the will who just took the job just to take it and to get money but then you find out that he's got he really he goes and saves a slave girl because he went to this sex planet and didn't want anything bad to happen to her so she he broke laws to get her out and now she's with her him and he's looking out for her it it's it's the every single character has these these sort of flaws that make them interesting and <clears throat> at the core of it there's a lot of um a lot of different themes going on here like 
family life and trying to bring a kid into a society that really isn't designed for kids at the moment kind of a lot could be said about our economy too a lot of people don't want kids at the moment because of that and it's kind of a mirror to it and then you have the whole you know racism and and violence and there's very real themes going on under this outlandish like crazy sci-fi opera going on because like with all of this these serious themes there's like there's giant planet-sized babies going on and in orgies and all this different species magic and and tv stuff going on and underneath it all there are these very real very human problems that draws draws a lot of readers in including myself um And there's like there's even this this subplot with the robot kingdom and how like a lot of science fiction like works describe machines and robots as kind of soulless. <coughs> and they break down all these robot characters such as Denko and and Prince Robot the Fourth and bringing very real, very human um emotion to them, which is a lot Unlike stuff like Star Wars and and Star Trek and all those other science fiction space operas. So you have that, you have the graphic content, very graphic content. I will, I do have to warn about that again because there's nothing that's censored. There's a lot of, um, a lot of comparisons between love and sex too and breaks down it's it's kind of a de- deconstruction of society in a science fiction universe <coughs> on a lot of different levels and i don't know it's it's a very good rendition of our society it, it's kind of like how um black mirror focuses on one per episode well this comic focuses on a lot of different aspects to society which kind of goes along with one of what brian k vaughn was going for and it's a quote that says good science fiction holds a mirror up to humanity and it very much um it very much accomplishes that you any comic reader or even any non-comic reader i think should definitely read this it is a lot to get through now because I believe they just started it back up again with like 55 through. I think they're maybe on 60 now. Um, but I mean, it's no different than binge watching something. I mean, <laughs> uh, so I think, let's see, what's my favorite character in it? Um, I think the Will is definitely one of the standout characters for me. His whole subplot is, like I was saying earlier, he's a bounty hunter. He saves this girl. Um, his <coughs> his well, let's see, ex girlfriend is like this spider spider type creature, and and she ends up getting killed, and then he ends up meeting up with Marco's ex girlfriend, ex fiance Gwendolyn. And they're in charge of, like, 
taking care of her kid. Uh, uh, not her kid, but the slave girl that they saved from a planet called Sextillion, which you go there and all of your sexual fantasies are, are met. And he also has this... Oh, th this is another cool creature. He has a sidekick named Lying Cat, which is like almost like a sphinx cat that can tell when somebody's lying and when somebody does lying... Do, what when somebody does lie excuse me sorry guys i am still a little sick but when somebody is lying the cat actually says lying and he can oh and now the will can always tell when somebody's lying or not and he is part of the freelancers which are the bounty hunters but it's kind of interesting because their names are all very basic like that so you have the will you have the brand, which is his sister, and then his ex-girlfriend. What was his ex-girlfriend's name? The spider creature. Hold on. Sorry, guys. And just to note, the, even their spaceships are really crazy. Like, Marco and Alana's spaceship is a tree that when they land on a planet the roots dig in and that can be their home too and then uh they end up and then the prince robot ends up having some sort of like dragon skull as a spaceship it's very out there but it works so well and fiona staples artwork is so colorful so so really out there but her her in like how she draws her characters and the emotion on their faces really brings it out to such a realistic level. Um, hold on. I'm still trying to find her. The stock. There we go. Sorry. So his, um, the will, the will's ex-girlfriend's the stock and the way they have these like basic names kind of try, kind of originally is out there to make them almost emotionless like they're a number kind of like how the robots were are almost always depicted as soulless emotionless and then you go and you see these stories continue these character arcs continue and these emotionless emotionless freelancers and bounty hunters are probably have like the biggest hearts of the entire the entire story <clears throat> and it it's sorry i'm just i don't know i'm kind of blown away by this this book so far and i haven't even finished it yet um it is interesting to note that <clears throat> it probably will never be on tv or in a movie the writer Brian K. Vaughn is pretty adamant about that, that he wants it to remain in the comic book medium, which is understandable. And it's it'd be a bit complicated to put on a on the big screen because of how expansive the universe is and the ideas. And it would probably be very expensive. Almost everything would have to probably be CGI everywhere from like the alien creatures to the giant 
planet babies and dragons in space. So I don't I wouldn't expect it. I think it's perfect the way it is. I think it should be left in the comic book and any, anybody who really wants to see it should definitely read it. Um uh, let's see. Another cool like anonymous thing too or anonymous thing kind of about this story is that Hazel their daughter is actually actually narrates some of it so like the the entire comic begins this is how an idea becomes real and she has like a few lines that are in a different font and not in a speech bubble that she is narrating from and she's narrating from some time in the future where she's grown up so while it kind of spoils things that she ends up surviving it's also cool to see, like, she does foreshadow something, so she may briefly say something in chapter one that'll come up again in chapter ten, and if you're not paying attention, you'll kind of miss it. I know there's a, been a couple of them where I'll, I read it, and then I got to where she was talking about it, I'm like, oh shit, that's what happened, and then it makes me kind of want to go back and reread where she had said it. Um, where I'm at currently, I think I'm on 31. She's in day she's in daycare and there's some people that have found out that she's a hybrid so she has wings and horns and people are starting to freak out. So <clears throat> while the meaning of the war is still at the forefront, the war itself is kind of in the background like the only times I've actually seen like battles, like full-on army battles is in flashbacks and other so there's there's these flashbacks that happen where how Alana and Marco end up meeting and it's because he ends up being in a prison camp or a prisoner of war camp and she ends up falling in love with him through his personality as well as their love for certain literature which comes about in in the character of the author that they end up meeting later on down the line who's kind of like a Shakespearean author He's a cyclops, and he they try to find him because there were secret meanings behind some of the the stories he wrote because the story uh, Alana likes the most is kind of about the two of them and how opposite sides of the war can find love and whatnot, but it's just not going to be good, and they seem to think that he's got some hidden secrets that'll help them, but... Um, it is very much a story about family and trying to raise a kid and and the even like briefly goes into like different phases like if parents were to split up and and then coming back together losing their child get getting it back um and then of course there's at, at even at the the forefront there's the financial problems too how how can two ex-military find financial success when nobody will hire them because they are who they are and they're considered an abomination because that they had a kid together <coughs> so there's the whole financial problem that's going on 
And a lot of what keeps this comic fresh is the fact that people, like, are born and die throughout. So, like, it's very consistent that not every character is safe. That's where, like, the Game of Thrones idea comes into play. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything. Well, I'm not going to try to spoil some of the major deaths, but there are, are quite a few of them. I think there's been, like, at least six or seven, like, noteworthy deaths so far in what I'm reading. Um... Overall, yeah, it's it's fantastic. I'm going to continue to read. Um, the, it, there is another pretty progressive note, too, is um, uh, along the lines of, like, sex and sexual orientation and whatnot. They have every sort of relationship in this, whether it be gay, lesbian. They even have... I want to... I'd look it... I'm going to look it up, but I'm pretty sure the first ever transgender character in a comic book is in this um i did get to that part i just am curious to see if it is the first because it did happen quite a while ago so i'm gonna assume that it might be one of the first so it's got the it covers basically every base that you could find um and makes such a progressive and advancing story i am curious to see how long this is gonna go they did label this as Compendium 1, which is 54 issues, so, I mean, it looks like they're aiming for at least another 54, so that's 108 right there, so, uh, we'll see how it goes. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I apologize for my lapses in, uh, speaking, still trying to battle a cold and whatnot, so, uh, again, I thank you for your patience, and I hope you guys continue to have a happy and safe weekend, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. The Latin term for that sentiment is carpe diem. And I know what I have to do now. Keep breathing, because tomorrow the sun will rise. Who knows what the tide could bring?